everyone. Welcome to Sundays with Saima. This podcast is made for aspiring otolaryngologists to learn from trainees and professionals in the field. I'm your host, Saima Wase, fourth year medical student at Northeast Ohio Medical University. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Aliyah Riccardi, PGY1 at University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. She earned her medical degree from the University of Connecticut. Aliyah, thank you so much for joining me today. I am thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so proud of you and this platform that you've been able to put together. So thank you again. Of course. So what initially drew you to the field of otolaryngology? Yeah, so I actually did a gap year um, between undergrad and medical school under advice of my medical school advisors at the time. And in this time, I was studying parathyroid adenomas. I was very much so convinced I was going to be an endocrinologist. (laughs) And so um, towards the end of that year, I got to go into the OR with uh, one of the program, the program director of my program at UConn. And I was able to see the neck anatomy by looking at those parathyroidectomies that I was getting the samples for really such an amazing experience because I got to see the culmination of really what it means when clinic or clinical uh, circumstances and research kind of come together. Um, but more importantly, that was my first exposure to an ENTOR. And after that point, I kind of just kept in contact with my PD throughout my medical education, ended up staying at UConn for medical school. Um, and throughout the years, I went through all my other rotations and I was like, this is nice. I'm learning a lot of things, but kind of always kind of thinking back to ENT and the things that I could accomplish if I was to be in that field. And I'm only a month or two in right now, but I feel like it was definitely the right decision for myself. So, Well, that's so exciting that you're able to com- uh, combine your research interests with your clinical and academic interests. So that must be a wonderful feeling to be starting out residency with that level of passion. Yeah, for sure. And like, even today, I had a lecture on thyroid cancer, and we went into the genetics and some of the genes like align with parathyroid carcinoma. So it really just shows you that this is like a, you're really a forever learner as someone who's going into medicine. Um, So something I'm definitely continuing to carry with me. (laughs) That's amazing. So you mentioned your mentors in your path um, to ENT. What did your mentors guide you through the COVID-19 application cycle? And do you have any advice? Sure. So um, I would say most of my mentors kind of told me to kind of keep things at basics. And what I mean by that is the principles are going to be the same, whether you're in person or doing things virtually. You want to stay true to yourself, work really hard and do your best. And that's really will carry you through any any situation, but especially being in the COVID pandemic. Personally, I was able to seek mentors via cold emails, which is something I was doing before COVID, but I feel like it was a little bit better received once COVID was happening because you could not necessarily go meet with people. Um, I also did my own mentoring more virtually, like doing Zoom calls and FaceTimes, which was, and even Twitter, believe it or not, which was very helpful because it's quick, it's concise, it's very accessible, and it's a thing that you know we use in our daily life. So you know, it was very easy to kind of tap into. Um, my mentors also allowed me to figure out how to navigate research virtually. And so being able to like wrap up projects by using like Zoom calls and other forms like Dropbox for data and things like that, really allowing myself to be innovative, but still having the same goals to be productive, to be conscious about what I'm doing, and also maintain that passion, even if I'm not physically shoulder to shoulder with somebody. Um, advice I would have, especially for the fourth and third years, definitely applying to ENT. 
I would say really cold email is just such an underrated tool. I know it can be super nerve wracking to reach out to people that you may not know or have connections to. But at the end of the day, these people did not get to where they are without putting themselves in uncomfortable situations. And if that's what it takes, that's okay. If you send five emails out and get one response and that person really helps your trajectory, then that's definitely worth you being uncomfortable for five minutes after trying it up. And I often get asked, like, what do you put in these emails? Just say who you are, you know, a little bit about yourself. Um, if you have any accolades that you're really proud of and you would like to share, you can include that. I always include a very clean CV that I'm proud of and can stand behind no matter who's seeing it. Um, and you, you want to make sure you're reading about the person that you're coming into contact with and that you have a goal of the conversation, whether it's pure mentorship, research opportunities, or a better look at the program that they, is that they work at. Those are all excellent points. And I like the fact that you brought up cold emails because uh, kind of how we got in contact was a mm -hmm. little bit of a cold message to you. So I really appreciate you again, uh, taking the time and being a mentor to me and all of the students listening to this podcast. Oh, so, yeah, so it sounds like the reception to cold emails was better in the last application cycle is that hoping is that something that you hope will stay throughout the next cycles and what do you think the field will learn from this yeah i would say i don't know if it's that i hope it would say i really feel like you know coming to Pitt. i had never been to pittsburgh before i'm very happy to be here it is definitely the program for me i'm grateful um but it was kind of daunting going into these experiences without coming to the programs and so i will say i hope that with things changing, I know we're kind of uh, expecting an uptick again, unfortunately, but with things changing, hopefully for the better, that we can actually reinvigorate with those those face-to-face -face procedures and really getting to know people and filling vibes out. It's really hard to get vibes on Zoom and emails and things like that. And so it's my hope that that will change for the better for you guys and the people behind you as well. Absolutely. And you also mentioned a gap year that you took in your undergrad. Mm -hmm or after your undergrad, what do you hope, what did you learn from that year? And what did that give you moving forward? Yeah, so I'm not gonna sugarcoat it at all. That was a very tough decision for me. My parents were not very supportive. I have phenomenal parents who have been very supportive of me. Um, they have me really young. So I feel like sometimes they're like my siblings. Um, and so we have a very unique relationship and they're usually very supportive. But when I told them that I wanted to stop going to school for a year, they were, they were not very thrilled to hear that. And so I had to do some soul searching myself to figure out what were my goals for this year and what could I do to ensure that I was going to achieve them in that period of time. I didn't want to leave anything, any stones unturned, any opportunities not taken advantage of. And so I would say for anybody that's thinking about taking a gap year, look into yourself, like try to block out the opinions of other people. Look at the data. If that's something that, you know, you, you take a little, if some people are like more objectively based and want to see the data of what they can achieve, you know, look at that stuff and really have a heart to heart with yourself and figure out what are your goals. Um, I was very explicit with my mentor, um, who actually was the is the chair of um, endocrinology at UConn about my goals, I told him very early on, even on my interview, I believe, that I wanted to publish papers, I wanted to go to national meetings, I really wanted to cultivate the uh, physician scientist that I knew I wanted to be from that, that very early age, actually. Um, and I think, as I was saying it to him, I was like, what am I saying to him? Like, he's gonna think I'm crazy. I just got out of undergrad. Like, how, does, how would I even know this is what I want? Um, but he actually received it very well. And because of that, and our, you know, transparency, I was able to achieve those things. 
And I always tell my mentors, like, that is something that you people don't really take advantage of, just being transparent in your goals. Don't find that year that you're just meandering around hoping for opportunity to find you. Be very transparent and pointed because it's not a lot of time. By the time you get to like halfway, if you don't have a lot of things in motion, it could be very scary. Um, I would say also if you're taking a gap year, really capitalize on the people that you're around and getting your own mentors. And so when I was there, I was going to meetings, um, studying for parathyroid research, and I was meeting various people, whether it be endocrinologists, internal medicine doctors, and and of the such. And even though I didn't go into that field, those people were still very supportive of me and provided great advice to me going up to this point. And I still keep in contact with my PI. I was just emailing him today. Um, So my biggest takeaways would be be very transparent goal-oriented and really access all the mentors that you can with that same spirit about you. Absolutely. And being goal-oriented is somewhat of a challenge when you don't know what your own goals are. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. doing that inner reflection is a key step. And I like that you pointed that out. So kind of moving to a different direction, what do you wish you had known before your PGY1 year began? I think I just wish I gave myself a little bit more grace. I started on PZ&T and I was like a little nervous about that because often as interns, you start off service. And even though it can be pretty isolating to be with a bunch of people that are not on your team, you kind of like get acclimated to the hospital and the system and the way that like things like the uh, medical record system and all that works. And so being on that rotation so early on, I really felt like I had to kind of rise to the occasion in a way that maybe wouldn't have been the same if I was off service. Um, so if I feel like if I gave myself a bit more grace, I would have been able to, you know, maybe appreciate the experience overall a little bit more. But at the same time, I do feel like that drove me to like prepare for my case a little bit better and, you know, be there first in the morning and really do all the things I could do to be an asset to the team. And so I feel like fear is sometimes a great motivator, even if it can make you a little uncomfortable at times. I would probably say that would be the biggest thing. And that at one point, everybody was an intern and it's okay to be new and ask questions and not to say sorry all the time. That's something I notice I do a lot, you know, as women, especially minority women, we always feel like we have to apologize for our mistakes much faster than maybe some other people. And so by me kind of catching myself with that, I feel like that was something I wish I, I learned earlier and like caught a hold of earlier as well. That's great. And speaking of being a minority woman, you were recently published in a Forbes article featuring 20 women of color um, in medical students who matched in 2021. You touched on overcoming the doubts of your undergraduate academic advisor in that article. So I was wondering, how do you overcome these doubts being in a minority background? Yeah, so as I mentioned before, I have very humble roots. My mom and my dad have me super young. I've watched my parents work very, very hard to constantly improve the quality of life for myself and everybody that has been around them. And I feel like sometimes when I get tired or when I get deterred, I can just lean on that and really reflect on the fact that I I come from people who make things happen. If they want something to happen, they will make it happen. And I have the capacity to do that every day, whenever I set my mind to something. And so I feel like it sounds kind of cliche, but it really is what it, what it is. I, I talk to my mom a lot and she keeps me very grounded in that way as well. So I would say that that really motivates me. And then I also think about all the people who are behind me and the things that I'm doing, the way that they can influence their journeys and making things a little bit easier or more familiar for them versus, 
you know, you know, ENT is not a particularly diverse field, actually one of the least diverse. And so going into this, I kind of knew what, what, what the situation was going to be. Um, and so knowing that, even though it is kind of daunting and scary, I will never deny that. Knowing that, knowing that I can make it easier for someone behind me definitely keeps me motivated as well. I think that we as medical students are extremely lucky to have mentors like you to look up to in this field because your eloquence and way in which you carry yourself is excellent. And I, I thank you so much for being with us today. Um, do you have any final thoughts? No, I just want to say thank you to my cats. <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much for having me. This has been such a pleasure. I've never been interviewed like this before. So I was actually nervous, but this is going very well. I feel your energy and I know it's very genuine and you should be very proud of yourself for a bright future ahead of you to be able to even manifest this and do it at the skill you're doing. Definitely should be proud of yourself. Thank you, Aaliyah. I sincerely appreciate your time. And of course, thank you to all the listeners for listening to this episode of Sundays with Saima. I hope to see you on next week.